Hello and welcome to NSTA, the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackison, Executive Director. Pleased to welcome back to NSTA, the bus stop today, Antonio Civitella, President and CEO of TransFinder. Tony's been a guest on NSTA, the bus stop numerous times and also has participated in a lot of our live events as well. So Tony, Welcome back to NSTA, the bus stop. A lot of areas for us to cover today. Always there, doing. Thank you for having me back. It's so excited. Uh, we started the year together in San Diego, and uh, I feel like it was years ago, but it was only like nine <laughs> months ago, eight months ago, right? Exactly, exactly. Really? Yeah, I mean, we've gone back to school, you know, at this point in, in many areas of the country, not all, but many areas of the country. And of course, we've seen some challenges related to that back to school time period. Also, the idea bouncing around the media of uh, the concept of artificial intelligence and, you know, how this is affecting everyone's life is really a common theme nowadays. Um, in fact, Tony, I don't know if you watched the presidential debate, but Chris Christie talked about uh, another candidate being the chat GPT, you know, candidate in the presidential debate last week. Uh, so right. artificial intelligence is front and center on people's minds, but it actually isn't a new concept. You know, I, I looked into this, it's been around actually since the 1950s, and there are a number of reasons why it it uh, hasn't been, you know, burgeoning uh, through a number of decades. But, you know, now it's really kind of front and center. Now, TransFinder, you guys have been around since 1988. So you're you know, obviously aware of the concept of uh, AI. Love to hear your thoughts on you know the development of AI and why now it's it's such a hot topic for coverage in the media. Well, I tell you, let me just give you a little bit of AI. It's called the the Space Odyssey, you know, two thousand one Space Odyssey mm-hmm. with its Al. That's truly artificial intelligence when it's someone that's actually the computer having conversation and making decisions. So it's not that. It's not that. Mm-hmm. So I just want to let everyone know it's not that. It's really called generative AI, which means it's going to create various type of content, such as including, hey, write me, a te- uh, write me an email, write me uh, an article, create me an image, um, um, have create this word. So these are things that it's really, it's synthetic. So I think you talked about the uh, the debate that was there a couple of days ago. It was about, more about you're using a product that's helping you art- articulate a certain phrase. So it's generative AI. It's not Al making decision uh, for you. It's not. It's going to generate something based on what you feed it. So that's what it's going to do, whether it's going to give you results on uh, how to write, a, you know, a certain email, a certain letter, a text. Uh, and again, it's even good enough to say, hey, I want an image of three corporate uh, people around a conference room and they're meeting they're, and they have a computers. And you give enough information, a, a real picture. You think it's like, oh, my goodness, where did you get this picture from? No, it generated that image. So I just want to want to let everybody know that <laughs> it's not Al. It's the generative AI approach. So, and I think that's yeah. where the chat, yeah. you know, I think chat GPT is just that. It's not Al going to shut down things without you saying yes or no. 
Yeah, and and that's really a great jumping off point for really the thrust of this podcast. And and that we're going to go to the unfortunate routing situation in Jefferson County, Kentucky. You know, what have you heard about the situation, at least from the routing and bus deployment side of the equation? Listen, it just didn't go well, right? And I think I hate to throw stones in a glass house because uh, opening school and starting things up with a new product and it happens. And uh, and I think, you know, I've, I've always talked about uh, in this industry, we've been around for many years. And, you know, we, I don't, uh, with these are things we, we obviously worked very hard with our clients to stay out of the media like this one. So we were going to knock out wood. We never wanted to have get these kind of situations. Well, I do have empathy for everyone who has to go through all this. But I also realized that AI is being tossed around as the reason why this particular situation is failing. And I don't know if I should say that. I don't think it's, a, I don't think it makes sense. AI should get you maybe 85% there. And our software, our routing algorithm is not going to do 100%. We'll not do it all for you. You, as much as you could give our routing algorithm, it'll probably get you about 85% there. You now are gonna need to take it to the next level. So it won't do everything for you. It still, we still require to have competent people running our software. And that, there's no substitute for that. So I think this is where I'm hearing a lot about that, a lot of back and forth. And then obviously implementing something new is tough for sure. But uh-huh. also do your homework, right? Do some Google search. And if you're asking yeah. references, every, by the way, everyone out there could have one or two happy clients. Everyone's going to have one or two happy clients. Ask uh-huh. for dozens, dozens. Then at that point, everyone's got one or two happy clients, right? Let's face it. Everybody does. That should not be the, the only deciding factor. Yeah. And, and to get to your point about the, you know, AI taking a hit on this, I, I just have a very simple way of approaching, you know, situations like this is that can we really ever blame an inanimate object, you know, for, you, you know, failures like this? And I, and I think that's just the crux of the problem. So, Tony, why don't you talk to me about um, the other human elements when designing a route for the school year? Perfect. And there is this, we always talk about the local knowledge, knowing certain roads, certain things, even traffic, right? We could, we could bake in traffic patterns and so forth, which is great. But mm-hmm. the experience of somebody that knows that that left-hand turn, even though it's fine, but let's restrict that left-hand turn between 8 and 9 a.m. every single Monday through Friday. So then our routing algorithm is going to try to avoid that left-hand turn. Even though it's no problem, you can take that left-hand turn. So these are the things that we, we, we get we, the, the local knowledge, people that, that have the institutional knowledge about their, their district, their roads. Uh, we never expect to have somebody off the street saying, hey, you've never done this before, but we're going to teach you how to route. Well, I hopefully they don't have a huge role in routing because they need to learn really the ins and outs of of the road network and, and the traffic. And certain buses cannot take that left hand turn. We all know that, or even that right hand turn. 
So how do we make sure that our routing algorithm learn? Again, you could call it artificial intelligence. You're teaching it, and you're right. Really, at a certain point, if it makes a mistake, well, maybe you didn't give it enough information, or maybe you give it incorrect information. So you're right. So it's part of what everyone's now using. It's a cool sounding name. It's AI. I don't know. I want to call it AI when it's really, when it's out, I'm having a conversation with a computer and it's actually doing things for me. That is going to be AI. Right now, generative AI, it's not there yet. So it just sounds really cool. I'm super excited. I can't wait for what the future is going to look like, you know, 10 years from now. But right now, if it's not, if you didn't give it information, it can't respond back. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna amplify your point about local knowledge. So, I was heading up you actually your way not too long ago um, up to upstate New York, um, and you know I type in the address through Waze, and I'm looking at at Waze, and it's taking me through the Lincoln Tunnel, and mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I don't want to go there. I'm gonna go up the Garden State Parkway, and I went up the Garden State Parkway and it was fine, and I think that kind of amplifies that point of local knowledge because i know local knowledge like i want to avoid manhattan if i can uh not drive through it uh so i think that kind of amplifies you know the situation that you were talking about and and kurt it could be that you could save maybe that algorithm would have saved you one or two minutes but is that one or two minutes savings worth the frustration and that white knuckle driving and that type of traffic would have been worth it right I mean, unless right. I save up an hour, I'm not doing it. So you see, this right. is where the local knowledge, like you wait those, you know, and it's got to be a weighted algorithm. Hey, if I only save five minutes, I don't want that. Again, only right. I would know, like you, like you know, like I'm not doing this. This is where I'm not doing that. Yeah. It, let's get some, we need some common sense. We still don't yeah. throw that out the door yet. Still need it. <laughs> common sense still needs to be in there, right? <laughs> All right. Well, holding on to that thought, Tony, our bus drivers, that's a huge part of the school transportation ecosystem. So what role would you recommend that drivers take in the deployment of a new routing system? Well, I love it because I think you need, these are all stakeholders and stakeholders are also parents, as we know, but these are all stakeholders. Let's get their buy-in because you want to talk about local knowledge. How do you multiply somebody's local knowledge is get the drivers involved. Now at this point, get them involved, get them super excited, get a big map. You know, I could, you know, a lot of our clients put a out of their big screen, have driver meetings saying, Hey, these are the routes that you're going to potentially going to be driving. Give me some feedback. We want to make some tweaks. We want to be more efficient. Yes. I got this project gets me 85% there, but I need to go to the next step and I need your local knowledge. So, Maybe you don't have it. Maybe this in, the routers don't are are relatively new. Well, but get the drivers involved. They're really they have that local knowledge. Bring them in there. The last thing you want to do is say we're buying new software. I'll let you know when you're going to start using it, and don't bother me while I'm implementing. That's not right. Get them involved. Yeah. We're going to buy a product. It's going to help everybody out, and I need your help implementing it. Yeah. Well, it's humble when you yeah. ask somebody for their help, right? And I think sure. this is another mistake that some schools are doing, saying, hey, I really don't care. I'm busy. 
I don't need to get them involved. And it's, it's, the, it's, you know, need to know basis. Well, they're part of the local knowledge intelligence and let's bring them involved. So I'm a true advocate of get the drivers in our room as soon as possible. Yeah. And you know, um, just in terms of reporting the news here, there were reports out of Jefferson County that the drivers were upset that they weren't part of the process because one, it's frustrating for them because they have to, uh, then, uh, really be on the front lines in terms of um, not only parents and students, but it's frustrating for them if, you know, there are inefficiencies in, in the route, you know, so it's going to be a frustrating, you know, process for them. So, um, you know, we're just reporting that as, as part of the news that they weren't in, included in it. And going back to your earlier point about, you know, if we do this process successfully a hundred thousand times, and there are only a handful that are less successful. The handful are going to make the news. So you, that's the kind of situation you, you want to avoid and adopt best practices. Um, the one thing I'm going to, and, and maybe we started, started a little bit ahead of where we should have been because, you know, there has to be usually an RFP process for a uh, you know, district or operator to buy, you know, the the software product. Um, so really, it, it really begins there, right, Tony? So what are no, the it elements? It doesn't start there. Let me let me tell you, it actually does not start there. It starts mostly with, and by the way, multiple times, if we've been asked to participate in RFP process, rule of thumb, there's a significant probability we're not going to win that job significant if we were if we're late to the conversation and you really needed three quotes there's a significant like i mean i'm talking about 80 percent chance we will not win that opportunity so it really starts out with all right i need to make some changes let's talk to some routing companies and then of course they'll start getting their own favorites right you're gonna like concern of company a b or c and maybe you have your favorite rfp comes out and uh, usually a whole different group works on, on RFP, guys. And that's what happens. So a whole different group. A lot of times you got the technology people. So they start putting in which list that, like, hey, if we're going to buy something, we're going to spend a lot of money. Let's ask for everything possible in the world. Now, all of a sudden, you had your favorite. Like, oh, company B, really, I like the way they are. I could see myself work with them. Now, all of a sudden, this RFP blew up. Massive. And so now at this point, company B goes like, wow, I thought you liked me. I mean, clearly these words, I'm not going to meet most of these things. So sometimes, and we've done this, we did not respond. Like, I'm not, why am I going to spend days and like a few hundred pages of an RFP that I don't have a shot to win? So we walked away. Mm -hmm. You know, you made it so complicated. So we got to revisit that. What's going on with RFP? Why all of a sudden from a basic thing that that you could now hire some really good companies, you made it so complicated that only few, maybe some risk takers, some really companies saying, hey, I'm going to say yes across the board. I need some new jobs. Might as well say yes everywhere and because they have nothing to lose. Maybe we need to look at the RFP process because I tell you, I've seen too many of these things. We have responded to a lot of RFPs, 
But I tell you, there's a lot of RFPs that we make executive decisions like we're not responding. I am not going to put few weeks worth of effort on our professionals to respond to that, that we already know they don't want me. So RFP, I get it. Man, that did not be the deciding factor. So now what happens, people are buying products. They're making decisions based on numbers and not nothing factual. I got to tell you, I've started to really be very disappointed in the industry, the way they're using RFP, I really, I, I know, I know, I'm, I'm really going there. I really think there's got to be a better way, a more fair way. And you know how many times we've talked to transportation team, even when we win, said, "Well, we didn't really want you guys, but we now have to work with you." What a horrible mm. way to start a project. Yeah, you have to work with me because I was maybe the cheapest one or I said yes to more things than, or I sucked less than someone else. What? <laughs> That's horrible. Then you're all over the news and you wonder why you're all over the news. Yeah. Gotta yeah. be a True. better way to do RFPs. People out. Do you really have to do RFPs? Do you really have to vet them out, beat them up? Hey, put your product in my, in here for three months, six months. I wanted to see it and operate. I don't know. But RFP is, because the problem is, it's not the transportation department is I'm not going to judge the winner. So many times we chose not to respond because I'm not doing it. Because I can't say yes to those things. And I, I don't have the functionality. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say yes. I can't do it. So we walked away with so many opportunities, guys. We really did. Really did well. You, you, you know, your your name is also on the line too. That you, you know right. those news report those news reports that come out have all expressed to you know who the routing software company was. So it's not like you could do this anonymously. Um, and, and so yeah, I I think I understand from your end you're going to have to pick and choose what what the alignment is. So I guess you know your point is. You know that's a two-way street, and how can we make that a uh, sure. better process so so we can communicate, you know, more effectively what the you know goals and objectives are, and can we attain them together? You know, I got to tell you, there are a lot of fly-by-night companies. They really are, and I tell you, and they're going to be less expensive, and they don't really care if they're going to get dinged or even get a bad track record because they need to start someplace. But that's not how I started. 34 years ago. I wanted to be in my backyard. I started making success. It was a near 100% success rate because how can I grow a company in three decades if I start with one out of two is going to have a bad, there's no way, right? So I think mm-hmm. this is where 35 years ago, we had to really work hard. Today, you could just Google, you could make some phone calls. Everybody knows everybody. It's so easy to find out who are these fly-by-night companies, and who really are the rock stars? And then we're hoping that we're one of the rock star companies that they choose. Yeah. So to that point, Tony, a um, couple things. One is that uh, you know fall is almost here, uh, and I shake my head as I, I say that. Um, oh, it's but... cold. It's chilly here. It was like <laughs> almost, I think, 59 degrees last night. Believe me, it's chilly. <laughs> 
Yeah. So the fall is almost here. It's a busy time for the industry. With respect to TransFinder, where will you all be? What industry events are you participating in the fall? So we really, all year long, there's tons of conferences that we participate. And we get so many great ideas and see some. I've personally met so many great friends, made some great friends of all these years, of course. So we're, uh, I think there was a little lull. I don't think there was any trade shows. I think we attended in the month of August, I'm pretty sure. But start September, we're already... Uh, we're going to the school bus fleet to connect in um, September. We're doing the ASBO uh, annual conference in uh, October. We're doing NAPT the end of October, NASDIPS uh, the beginning of November. We're doing uh, TSD in November. And, uh, and of course, there'll be other conferences we'll be doing. But really, we're super pumped to bring back our annual client summit, which is going to be next spring. And we we really have not had that past four years, and uh, so many people have all these trade shows that I've personally attended and come up to me like, "What's going on? Why are you not bringing that thing back yet? The world is back <laughs> to normal. Why are you not bringing that back? It's like, you like that? I mean, that was great for you. Which I'm I'm kidding. I think I was. I'm always joking with with our clients, and uh, we are super pumped. We have so many in four years. We've done. So much. Our products have matured and new products. So we are super. I'm actually looking forward to that one for sure. All right. Great. So, yeah, busy uh, fall. And then you mentioned, you know, you're back in April 2024 with your client summit. How about anything uh, online, virtual? Do you have webinars coming up? Any other training or informational sessions that uh, you can connect our listeners with? Well, we are. Announced our top tributation uh, teams award and in, uh, in July, so we're going to uh, really launch this a new season for top tributation teams. So our webinar is on the September 19th. So it's really uh, it's exciting. Uh, so it's going to be again September 19th is when we're we're going to have this webinar and um, we launched a new season of top tributation teams. It's going to be really uh, it's the awards that we that we we've dedicated that we're going to do this every single year and uh, it's a lot of effort the past 12 months and the new season uh is going to be starting in september and we do have a website for this you can go to top team.com and see what's going on we had about 250 some school district nominate themselves last year and we picked six at the end of winners so I'm hoping this year that 250 becomes maybe 500 or 750. Uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be a thousand school districts that are going to be involved with um, with this uh, really big award. But I'm sure we'll talk more about it in the coming months. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And also, for anyone wanting to find more information uh, about Transfinder, you can just go to transfinder.com for more information. Hey, Tony. Uh, thanks so much for taking a few minutes out. Once again, our guest at NSCA, the bus stop, uh, Antonio Civitella, president and CEO of Transfinder, great friend to us here at uh, NSTA. We appreciate your insights on, uh, you know, the Jefferson County public schools situation and, and overall, um, you're a great, great resource for us and uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your schedule to talk with us. 
Well, thank you for having me. I want to do a big shout out to all those school districts that already opened and uh, to be safe, make sure they transport students safe every day. And of course, shout out to the ones that are about to open. So uh, we obviously always here for you and whether you're our clients or not, we want you to be successful and stay out of the news, of course. So thank you guys.